This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director since 1977. Big topic right now in, in a big movie, the uh, call to the sound of freedom. And it, it's kind of like I, I want to say call to freedom because we have Becky Rasmussen, the CEO of Call to Freedom at Sioux Falls right here, and uh, Mary, a survivor and program coordinator uh, Call to Freedom. First of all, Mary is a survivor that has quite a story. And I, I want to say that the movie, uh, I've been trying to go to it, but it's been sold out, is all about trafficking. People that go to it want everyone else to see it. But, uh, Becky, first of all, tell us about the Call to Freedom. You've been here for quite a long time in South Dakota. It doesn't just happen in the movies. It happens right here in Sioux Falls. Absolutely. Uh, Call to Freedom um, will be eight years as a nonprofit here in South Dakota in January. And we are seeing more individuals walk through the door of, of Call to Freedom to seek help and, and refuge out of human trafficking than we ever have. The more we get into the communities, the more we do education, the more individuals are self-identifying, coming forward, and also needing help. And so we provide supportive services to those that have been victimized by human trafficking or commercial sexual exploitation. And what we're seeing here in South Dakota, this is a business and it changes quite frequently. The latest trends that we have been seeing is really on the social media aspect where we're seeing not only is it young women, but it's young boys that are being targeted and perpetrated. And so the sextortion piece has really become a big moneymaker. The pornography industry is profiting off of uh, young people, especially young boys. And what happens is, is this is a business. So these individuals know where to actually find vulnerable populations. And there aren't very many services for young boys within all of our communities. We don't really brand really well saying that this happens to young boys. So the traffickers have identified what we're not talking about and have targeted that. And so we've seen this escalation of sextortion, online perpetration with young boys. And we're also still seeing it, obviously, with the women population as well. Well, the movie, Sound of Freedom, is a true story. Tim Ballard, a former U.S. government agent who quit his job in order to devote his life rescuing children from global sex traffickers. I think two million kids is the number that's being passed around. Uh, That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. I think that's only a small portion of who's being affected by this. Well, Mary, they almost made a movie out of you, didn't they? Yes, they just about did. Okay. Well, you know, we've had you on the program before, but uh, give us your story because to be able, you know, most of the life expectancy of these young people is seven years. And for you to be here talking, uh, how? Well, you know, I was uh, raised here in Sioux Falls and I actually left the borders of South Dakota thinking there was just going to be a much better life out there. Had some issues at in my family life, but I would, I would have been kind of that girl next door graduating from a local Christian high school, and I met my traffickers on the East Coast, but I was so vulnerable into just being accepted and loved and wanting to fit in and have friends. That's what all teenagers want. They almost make it attractive as a family to you, don't they? Well, and I think years ago, it was probably took a little bit longer in my, quote, grooming manipulation, but now with the social media and the online, I had a gal I was... I ran into and self-identified and was talking to me about, it was within five, 10 minutes, she had sent a picture of herself, a nude picture of herself to a guy that had asked for it, who thought, she thought he was about 16 and he was not. 
Yeah, kids have to, you know, be concerned about who they play games with online. Yep. Um, they're, they're good at uh, deceiving people. Uh, Mary, uh, uh, first of all, you were able to buy your way out of the cartel. Tell us how you did that. Well, I don't know if it would probably be considered buying my way out. I think I was forced to commit a crime. Uh, my son at two months old was kidnapped because I wanted to leave. So to understand the forced criminality, to understand what is all behind sex and labor trafficking. And I went and I did commit this crime and I did serve time. And when I came home, there really wasn't any services or help for me. Nobody talked about it. And in return, I also needed to get my son back. So my son, when I did get him back, he was two years old. And that's a complete, probably a whole different program understanding um, how do you get your child out of Columbia, South America? They hold members for ransom uh, a lot, don't they? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot that happens. Uh, that happens here within the United States and, and out of the country, too. So to say just because it's happening overseas and it's not happening within the United States would be in, incorrect. Becky, all these kids we see coming across the southern border, um, nobody seems to be paying much attention to them, but uh, really we should, shouldn't we? Oh, absolutely. When you have individuals who are vulnerable, um, individuals that are coming across our borders looking for a better life, um, and you have language barriers, you have cultural barriers, you have people that are sitting at the border waiting to target people who are vulnerable and offer them what looks like a great opportunity to work and to have housing and end up victimizing uh, young individuals. And so I think one thing we have to remember is that human trafficking is the use of force, fraud, or coercion to exploit somebody for either sex or labor. So either one of those exploitations would be um, in the human trafficking. And so somebody's looking for a better life, a job coming across the border. I'm here to give you an opportunity. You don't need a green card. Um, I'm going to then begin control every aspect of your life. Individuals who are young kids, um, you know, the average age is 14. Um, we've seen our, our youngest that we are serving currently is six years old. So there is six. no, yes, six years old. Um, so there is no boundary or border, whatever that demand wants, um, that's what they're going to get for a victim. And when I say demand, that means somebody who is buying the sexual activity. And so if that individual wants a dark haired, dark eyed girl who is six or seven years old, guess what the trafficker who's a business person is going to go get. And so anytime you have those poverty conditions, uh, vulnerability as far as lack of housing, homelessness, or even, you know, like Mary says, a place to belong and yep. to want to be loved. Traffickers are master manipulators at filling those voids. They can spot someone vulnerable very easy. Um, it's not just trafficking, it's uh, selling organs. Yeah, you know, I actually, we have not here locally, I believe it's happening. We have not encountered that. However, I know internationally, some of the teams that I've been talking to that are doing international work are seeing young kids being sold um, and harvesting of their organs. And so I've had multiple conversations, but particularly in the last month of an increase of that kind of victimization um, on an international level, but that does not mean it's not happening in the U.S. I think we have a lack of education, a lack of understanding, and what we don't look for, we don't identify. And so I would say that we need to get more education on that piece of, of trafficking. You're saying being sold, actually, 
uh, I, I even hate to say this, but we've done it on earlier programs where it's true in South Dakota, babies have been sold. Yeah, we, we um, you know, I think there's so much more happening that we haven't identified. Um, but like I said, I mean, you, we have six of the poorest counties in the United States located here in South Dakota with our reservations. And you have very vulnerable um vulnerabilities obviously with that cultural piece and also with the uh financial piece that individuals can target and kids go missing and we're not sure what happens to them um but obviously it's not good things when they're not found well we used to refer to the movie taken you know with ian but the uh sound of freedom is uh mary uh it, it looked pretty real didn't it yeah i actually went to it which surprised me that i would go but I went with my niece. I wanted her to see the a true story about it. And I sat there, and it had a couple of, um, I would say, flashbacks came to me on the screen. And I thought, yep, I, I remember, and I remember the people in the mountains and the images that came and the families that were forced to do work. And that was their only means of getting when a trafficker or the cartel pay you a certain amount and then you're to uh, give your kids to them and it's just a it's it it makes me sick and sad and the images come back it almost makes me cry sorry that I um, had that on the screen and I had to go home and just kind of process looking at the comments for the movie online a lot of them are survivors Um, the Mary, were you in Mexico? Were you in Colombia? I was in Colombia, South America. So the, this this was filmed in Colombia. So the the background, the mountains, actually uh, made it pretty real to you. Um, yeah, there were a lot of scenes that did. I'm not sure exactly where the movie was um, was made, but I think mm-hmm. that they did a, some of those scenes in the back were reminded me of the streets of uh, the poor neighborhoods of Colombia. Talking to Becky Rasmussen, CEO, Call to Freedom, and Mary, survivor, um, program coordinator with Call to Freedom. So thankful that you're in Sioux Falls. Um, the uh, uh, large groups and large crowds of people, we usually do this just before Sturgis, and that's because there's a lot of uh, motorcycle gangs that are dealing in this too, aren't they? You know, anytime you have a large event um, like the Sturgis rally, you're going to have a legal activity. But I think let's put a let's really think about how large this event is. It goes on for ten days, and we're talking anywhere to five hundred thousand plus people in one area. They're doing on the ground operations at Super Bowl at PGA, and there's at max sixty thousand people on the ground. And we're talking about how many times larger is our Sturgis rally? Um, we currently do an on the online. Um, sting operation, but we're not doing on the ground sting operations. So we may be identifying some of the demand, but we're not identifying the victims that are coming into these events. And so I, I'm really challenging that because, um, you know, we've had encounters, we've served individuals that have come out of the Sturgis rally. And I think we need to understand that there are a lot of vulnerabilities when large groups of people are here and they're, they have money to spend and they have a desire for drugs. They have a desire for guns. They have a desire for human beings. And, and that's very real during events. And so 
I, I just challenge the community. I think if anything, uh, Sound of Freedom has really awakened, and our hope is it awakens people to human trafficking. Because if we don't talk about human trafficking, if we don't begin to get educated on human trafficking, victims go unidentified. They fall under the radar or they think, if I'm going to tell somebody this, they're not going to believe me. And we need to break the silence over this. Um, and I'm so glad this movie's out, that our hope for the movie is that, especially around the Sturgis rally, especially around hunting season and some of our high traffic times, that we get educated on what that looks like. And we have plenty of opportunities on calltofreedom.org for our community to do that. But we need our community to wake up. We need a sleeping giant to say this cannot happen in our community. And I'm here to tell you that it is. And we work with the individuals on a daily basis. The movie is quite often sold out. Uh, we, they're advising me, and a lot of people are doing, looking at the comments here, is they're buying tickets to give to strangers, to give to people. To uh, Mary, you said you took your, your niece. Are you, yeah. Do you recommend that uh, parents take their daughters and... You know, I um, I do because it is rated PG thirteen. It doesn't um, show anything, but my niece who is uh, nineteen, it was very important for her to see and get educated. We we both were talking about people are not for sale. Children are not for sale. You don't take another human being and sell that. When did when did that become um, okay with other people? When did that be okay that people don't want to talk about it and do something about it and stand up for it? So she was definitely um, impacted to say people are not for sale. Well, and we're not talking California. I mean, we're talking just as well here in, in our listening area. Uh, I'm 75 years old. And I remember as a little kid, my mom saying, oh, those darn women they bring in for the farm show. Again, a large crowd. Um should be, you know, I think parents should be a little aware to educate to their children uh, how these people work a little bit. And, and the movie Taken and, and this uh, Sound of Freedom, I think, would be good for that. But uh, uh, should we be concerned of uh, a teenage uh, daughter or, or guy, uh, even at the Sioux Empire Fair, for instance, when it's a large crowd and, and people coming and going uh, from other places? I think every family should be informed. I think every individual should be informed. The more informed you are, the less likely you're fall victim or prey to something like human trafficking. Um, you're going to be able to identify if somebody's befriending you for the right reasons, um, if somebody's trying to make contact with you. I mean, I, they look for us being naive. If you're naive, you're going you could fall prey to this. Now, you know, does it happen within our communities? Absolutely. Could it happen at a fair or at an event? Absolutely. Um, wherever people are, you know, and individuals are put into those crowds, you know, there's a grooming process. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, you'll hear from many survivors. It wasn't like taken. It wasn't like, you know, they kidnapped them. Now it can happen that way. However, our experience has been that it doesn't and that they will build a relationship with you. So even if you meet somebody at the Empire Fair and they start befriending you, it may take weeks before they actually pull you into a human trafficking or a victim, some kind of victimization. And so just know that somebody who is always trying to be your friend or potentially trying to be your friend may not always have the best intentions. Trouble with crack cocaine is you can put some in, in somebody's mm -hmm. coke and they're hooked yeah. just, just, Roofing just, and, yeah. just once they're hooked. 
I think too, what those that we serve, you know, everybody goes, wow, they, they were drugged out. They were using most of our victimization was introduced by their trafficker. So they, when we get, we meet with them, they may be actually, you know, um, have an addiction, but typically that is a form of control by their trafficker. And so, I just challenge people to look behind beyond the cover. You know, what do you see on the outside? There's always a story behind people and how they ended up in situations that they are. And I do on the prostitution side that you talk about, you know, a three or four year old, um, when you ask him, what do you dream of when you grow up? How many of them say that I want to be in pornography or prostitution? They don't. They're talking about being the president. They're talking about being a doctor or a teacher. Somewhere in the course of their life, something has happened that they were introduced to this life or um, are choosing this life because of some kind of victimization. Um, but I'm here to say that just echoing what Mary said, these are human beings. This is somebody's child. This is somebody's grandchild. And I we're here to tell you that, you know, if you are on social media, if you're meeting new people, I think it really is important to get educated so you know how to make healthy relationships and healthy choices in those. We're talking kids, but some of those kids will never grow up. They'll never be an adult. Um, Mary, you're lucky. But like I say, quite often in the lifespan of seven years, they use them up and discard them. Um, but coming up, <clears throat> not just the uh, Sound of Freedom movie, but coming up here July 25th and 26th in Sioux Falls, uh, Becky, you've got some pretty uh, heavy uh, guns uh, that can come and tell you just what it's like. Yeah, I think Mary's voice has so much, um, so much more authority and so much more um, insight uh, because of her lived experience. And um, we can do this work and we can journey life with individuals, but those that have lived experience bring a new perspective and a solid perspective and a needed perspective. And so we really um, want to allow people to hear from other survivors with lived experience. And so on Tuesday, July 25th, from 6.30 to 8 p.m., we have rented out the State Theater and we're hosting an event. This is our third Hidden in Plain Sight event. And Mary can probably talk about it because she has been on the panel twice now. And this is our third event with three different other speakers. Uh, Rita O'Brien has been here before. She was on the first panel. And she is a survivor of a familial trafficking, which was a family member. Aaliyah, um, who is actually from California area, and she is with Safe House Project. She actually um, was victimized through the pornography industry, and she'll share her insight. And Alyssa um, actually comes from, um, she's in actually Ukraine right now. Uh, she travels all over the world, and she'll share her lived experience, but she is actually an online human trafficking investigator. So she is on the Interpol, and she actually goes into the dark web and investigates these cases and has brought down multiple rings. So you have three individuals with different life lived experience, but are in, active in the anti-human trafficking world, giving back and doing their part um, to make sure that others don't fall victim to this. So please come. So we are actually, our capacity is at 200. We're nearly closed on our capacity. So you need to go to calltofreedom.org to get signed up for that. We only have a few spots left. And then the night before that, 
We have on July 24th, we're partnering with Central Church to hold a one hour uh, dangers of social media. Um, Just as we're talking about getting educated, how do you safeguard your children from online predators? And again, this is uh, Cyber Night Watch, uh, Alyssa, who is going to be sharing uh, how, what is she seeing investigations? What is she experiencing? How do they target your children? How do they get trained to do this? What are ghost apps that your kids are using potentially to communicate with these individuals? Um, and she um, is bringing a perspective that we haven't heard before. And I think every parent needs to know the dangers of social media and the depth of the dark web, because that's very real. Well, in the movie Sound of Freedom, he quits his job to do this. Well, they they can go to the State Theater on, on the 24th, 25th and meet people. Uh, if if somebody says, hey, I, what do we do? How do we stop this? What can we do? That's where they can talk to the uh, uh, the people, uh, the horse's mouth, I guess you can say, is the old cliche. You know, I'm going to say the local community needs to share their voice. I was in Hardee's yesterday and a gentleman recognized me and we started talking and pretty soon the entire Hardee's was talking about the sound of freedom. Like literally it was a conversation. And you know what? I walked out and I smiled because for so many times, those that have been victimized don't think they're going to be believed that nobody talks about this issue, that now there's a light being shed on this. But you don't have to go international. You can be right here locally and do something about it. You can learn how to protect your children, and you can be part of the solution. We got many opportunities at Call to Freedom. There's other anti-human trafficking groups in the state of South Dakota as well, on the western side of the state, that you can get involved. You can make a difference. You can volunteer. You can get trained to be an ambassador. You can be somebody who can donate um, not only your time, but also your resources to the cause here to individuals. Last year, we served 346 new individuals. As of the end of April this year, we had 219 new clients that had walked through the doors. And so you're telling, there are numbers out there. So the more the community is aware of this, the more they identify it, and the more survivors feel comfortable coming forward. You have a safe place they can go to to get away from the cartels and that. Yeah. So uh, Mary, and you want to talk about it too, but Mary's on staff too. And and, and many times in those emergency situations, she'll come in and it's amazing. But we have a staff of 28 that are here in Sioux Falls doing this work. And so you can go to calltofreedom.org if you need help to get services. We have trained case managers, obviously Mary as a survivor, and then we also do have a housing project where we house survivor survivors with their children. And currently we have uh, 12 survivors and we're, we have 10 children living with us, but we'll have 13 here by the end of this next month because we're reunifying several more families. So um, yes, we definitely are, are here to help. Well, like I say, it's not just in the movies, Mary. Um, it, it's hard to say, you know, I, I can't put myself in your shoes. I mean, you, it, it's impossible. You experienced uh, something that uh, most of us now only see in movies. But um, were you afraid? You know, you got arrested and went to prison to get away, I guess, in a sense. But you were <laughs> probably afraid even in prison, weren't you? Yeah, when you're when you're in the situation and when you're living it at the moment, you're surviving. So you're not really thinking outside of the dangers of it or anything. You're living it day to day. You have no hope. You have no future. You're trying to make it through the day. And that's a normal way of life. 
So when somebody steps in and suddenly that's no longer your life and you're not trying to survive every day, it wasn't until I met Call to Freedom. And I said, my goodness, people do care. And it's not that people didn't care. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to respond. They didn't use the word trafficking. Well, the word trafficking is used now. And, and it's out there. And it's happening. And now we're, we're talking about it. So now people can't say that they don't know because we're openly discussing it. And many, many victims are coming forward. Many people where it happened years ago to say it isn't anything new. It just didn't pop up one day. It's been around. But let's get educated. Let's, as parents, family members, let's say we, we don't want this to happen to our children. What are the vulnerabilities out there for everyone? And also, who, who are you talking to? Now it's, you know, the social media wasn't a part uh, years ago. Uh, but now, I mean, I see that with my own son, um, who, who's older now. But when, when he was younger, it was, who are you talking to? Who are you playing this online game with? Um, I w- so he's probably a little bit more educated way earlier than anybody else. But How old was he when he was kidnapped? He was taken from me at two months old. Okay. So he doesn't remember maybe a whole lot about the cartels at, uh, at that age. Uh, um, your development, I was trying to remember, but I got him back when he was two years old. Okay. So he, it's a social like a, attachment from birth to two. And my mother was a physical therapist in town, so knew all this um, stages of a child's life. And so that attachment. So we're very attached now, but even growing up, he had some um, needed help. Well, Mary, you can talk now on the radio a little bit. We're not using your last name because most of the handlers that you had are dead. Mm, yeah. Um, like I say, this, this is uh, an evil that uh, this movie is bringing and shining the light on that you're working with. Uh, Mary, what can you say? There's got to be somebody out there right now that uh, is being, you know, held. I, we've been doing this program since 1977. I can remember, Becky, when, when we used to say that, you know, sometime the human trafficking is going to be more profitable for the cartels than drugs. Well, now it is. Um, what can you Mary, there's somebody in our audience, maybe it doesn't affect them right now, but two years from now it will. Uh, hope. I guess, is uh, the key word that you said there. Well, and I think turning around when you are a victim of such evilness and how do you turn that around so that person no longer has power control over physically, mentally over you. And it, it's such a key in, in growing and forming healthy relationships and letting that person know, and my ex has been murdered and anyone involved in my case has been murdered or in prison so I don't have the fear anymore, but I had a lot of fear for many years. Whether it was founded or unfounded, it didn't matter because that fear was instilled in me, and it was real. I, my son, his safety and my safety for many years, it, it was real. You don't advise people to go to Mexico right now? You know, if people go down there and they have their homes or whatever, I don't cross the border. That's just from my lived experience. I know other friends have gone down there and they've they've been in gated communities. I'm not even sure where because I don't even know the parts of Mexico. So I don't cross the border. 
but the cartels are in our listening area. Uh, they're they're pretty much everywhere, aren't they? You know, I, I yes, I mean the the survivors that come through. I think even what is um, Mary's story is so much more than the 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 gangs or the cartels that trafficked her. Um, but the most beautiful thing about Mary is is that when individuals are coming out of those situations and they look at Mary, they say, "Oh, I can, I can, I can make it out." She provides hope, and I think some of those organized fronts, such as cartel, are so deep and they're so evil and they're so connected in so many ways that it seems almost impossible for somebody who is under their control, be a gang, be a uh, human trafficking survivor. Um, you know, that that there is hope and they can get out. We've got a minute left. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, calltofreedom.org. Our website is the best way to get a hold of us. If you want to come to any of the events, you want to get involved with us, our website will be able to navigate you through volunteering and events. And um, please just get involved. Um, see the movie. Understand that your voice is important. Tuesday, July 25th, well, also July 24th, uh, a lot of churches working with you. Yeah, we have great partners here. Wonderful community. It, it's good against evil. And this movie is, is funded by church uh, people type of thing, too. So um, it really is uh, a battle between good and evil. And uh, right now, people need to educate and communicate and learn as much as they can. Mary, any last word? Yes, I would ask the community to please let it not happen in our city, in our state, to come together as a state reach out, help, volunteer, whatever you can, because it is happening. It is real. And sex and labor trafficking within our state of South Dakota. It's a nightmare. Mary, uh, Becky uh, Rasmussen, Call to Freedoms. I want to thank you very much for being with us on Forum. Thank you for giving this a voice, John. We appreciate it.